What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What's up, Tribe? Welcome to another episode of my podcast, the Mind Body Musings Podcast. Today we are speaking with Sierra Brashear, MA, who is an Ayurvedic practitioner, doula, and founder of Vibrant Souls. Driven by the belief that a vibrant woman radiates potential for personal and planetary transformation, vibrant souls make organic yoni steaming herbs and unique tea blends available to women around the world. Rooted in the ancient wisdom of the Vedas, Sierra's Ayurvedic wellness coaching focuses on nutrition and lifestyle choices that align her clients with the rhythms and elements of nature. With a focus on women's unique needs, she sees clients virtually and in Boulder, Colorado through her joint practice, Cultivate Balance. I went to a Vedic astrology workshop recently at my friend's meditation center and I sat next to Sierra and I had no idea who she was. I had no idea that we were soon to be connected, but we sat next to each other as we learned about Vedic astrology and for um, I guess a week later, I posted on my Facebook that I was looking for someone who could come on the podcast to talk about yoni steaming because I was very intrigued by yoni steaming, which we will get all into today. And my friend who owns the meditation studio said, hey, connect with Sierra. She's got an entire company that sells herbs for yoni steaming and she's a doula and she knows all about this. So it turns out it was the same woman I sat next to, small world. Hello, Boulder. I love you. And... Now here we are, and I just got off this call with Sierra. It was brilliant. I am feeling so inspired right now with sisterhood and and the unique bond that we have as women with each other. It just it fuels me so much. Something as simple as simple pa, something as complex as our menstrual cycle and female anatomy and childbirth and um, ancient wisdom with women. All of all of these different avenues that we can go into and that we do go into today it it connects us all women sisters and for that I am so grateful that I am a woman living in this day and age when we are bringing back these ancient healing techniques to heal our body heal our stories and connect us all so I am stoked to go into this episode but before we go there you know what I've got to do. I've got a shout out to Audible. Audible is today's show's sponsor. If you want to have a free audiobook and 30 days free of using Audible, go to audibletrial.com slash mindbodymusings. That's the name of this podcast. And you can get your free book. I would love, love, love if you checked out the books that we recommend on this show. We recommend one book today. As always, we always have a must-read book. And let me know if you check it out see if it's on audible and if not then check out all the other thousands of books possible on audible I love getting audiobooks I'm currently listening to when things fall apart because that book has been recommended so many times on this podcast and I'm finally getting around to listening to it and I'm loving it it is so healing for me last thing before we head on over 
I just want to remind you that I do two types of coaching for anyone that is interested in taking their life to the next level. The first kind of coaching that I provide is life coaching. If you are struggling with perfectionism, if you want to learn more about the feminine and the masculine, step into your feminine flow, also learn how to take care of yourself, set boundaries, love yourself deeply, let go of limiting beliefs, unpack those programmings and stories from your past, life coaching, my transformational life coaching may be the right avenue for you. And then the other kind of coaching I do is a hybrid of life coaching and also online business coaching. So if you are looking to on one side, work on yourself, love yourself, shed limiting beliefs, but also develop an online business where you're coaching others around the world, let me know. Head on over to maddiemoon.com slash coaching, read my testimonials, and apply at the bottom of the page for my coaching practice. I have had hundreds of women that hundreds of women that I've worked with in some capacity and I would love to see if you would be a good fit for my services so send over that application and I will email you back very shortly okay without further ado let's hear from Sierra herself You are now entering the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you find yourself hungry for growth, eager for inspiration, and longing for self-improvement, welcome home. Hosted by motivational speaker and life coach Maddie Moon, you can be certain you will learn how to change your life in magical ways in each and every episode. Are you ready to stop caring what other people think? Is it time you break limiting beliefs and empower your whole being? Do you know how to use the one life you've been given to the absolute fullest? Join Maddie Moon and her inspirational guests every Wednesday for the life-altering discussions on freedom, vulnerability, abundance, and so much more. For more insight, grab your free gift on MaddieMoon.com and uncover your own once-in-a-lifetime greatness within. If you have kind words to say, feel free to leave a review on the show in iTunes or send your favorite episode to a friend. We look forward to hearing your insights and growing together in unexpected ways. And now, without further ado, here's your host. Maddie Moon. Good morning, Sierra. How are you? Good morning. I'm great. It's so <laughs> good to see you. Yeah, you as well. It's nice to see you um, like face on this time since we were sitting next to each other in the workshop. <laughs> I know. I love how things are so serendipitous in that way. Like I had no idea anything about you. And then here we are talking about yoni steaming, which again, I have no idea about. And I'm so excited to learn everything about it with you. Yes. Did you try the one I sent you? Okay. So I sent you, I sent you a message last night. I don't think you saw it. You must not be a super Facebooky person, are you? Not, not super. <laughs> That's good. There's so many channels of communication coming at me. It's like, ah. That's good. I respect that. Yeah. I've been, I've been backing away from social media a lot recently and yeah. I notice other people's response time and it's, yeah. it's funny. The, the less that they, they are, um, fast to respond, the more I respect that. I'm like, this is great. You just, you're not stressed about getting back to all the social media platforms and responding to people. And anyways, I observed that and I was like, way to go. Like, I love this. Just taking your time. Yeah. Well, that's good. It's more that I just like, I'm so overwhelmed that I don't have, I like don't have the bandwidth to take it all in. It's not that I don't like care to respond. No, that's self-care. That's amazing. Yeah. Like that's really self-care. It's just, it's funny that I'm saying it this way because once upon a time it would have been like, I so respect you getting back so quickly, but I yeah. honestly really, I want to be more like that. And and I know that you care, but it's also that you just have priorities and I love that. 
Yeah, nice. Well, thank you. Thank you for honoring that because, yeah, I hope that people see it that way most of the time. I, I sure do. Anyways, yeah. I messaged you on Facebook. <laughs> and um, I did not get to try it because the only option for me in order to try the Yoni steaming was out of the home remedies that you sent me of all the different options was the toilet one. And I didn't quite want to do that, but I want to get, I'm going to get a stool over the next couple weeks because I want to try this out. I want to experience it and feel it myself. Um, but in the meantime, I'll just ask you a whole bunch of questions and get excited about trying it. Sounds good. (laughs) So first things first, I want to know more about you and your story and your journey because I don't know too much about you and I'm really excited to hear what a doula is because I actually don't even know what a doula is Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. what led you to creating this passion for helping women with their menstrual cycles and all the beautiful benefits that come with yoni steaming. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So I, I'm going to go, I'm going to roll it way back to college to something that seems sort of unrelated, but, um, in my graduate and undergraduate and graduate studies, I studied international environment and development and environmental security specifically. And I was really interested in using my career as a way to make a difference in the world. And I feel connected to the planet and wanted to really um, serve in any way that I could. But when I graduated, I felt like all of the things that I learned were very sort of like macrocosm. I felt like I knew a lot about the problems of the world and not a lot about how to solve them. And so it's sort of my journey twisted and turned, and I um, wasn't sure what I was going to do next. And I had a friend of mine invite me to come work for her midwifery organization. And midwifery is um, the, an ancient practice of women being with women to support each other in childbirth. So a midwife is a highly trained um, practitioner who supports a baby to be born. And... Um, so through that, I, I started to realize, wow, like actually if we want to make a difference in the world, we need to start with mothers. We need to start with the way that we, the way that babies are born and the way that um, women are treated in childbirth and the opportunity for that experience to be an empowering experience. If I can do this, I can do anything and I can go out and change the world. And that ripples out into their family and their community and the planet. And so I got really into birth. Um, and so I became a doula, which is um, sort of, I, it's a step down, I guess you could say, from a midwife in the sense that I don't do any of the medical processes with childbirth, um, but I do the physical and emotional support. And I'll do that either in the hospital or um, for home births. And so I'm sort of a continuous support person for a mother and really the whole family throughout um, pregnancy, so I do prenatal appointments and talk about um, health and how to to create the birth of their dreams, and then um, and then I attend the birth and sort of you know do eye contact with the mother and coaching with her, and then like massage and aromatherapy and you know helping her understand when and how to change positions and telling her she can do it when she thinks she can't, and. Um, really supporting women to have the birth that they envision for themselves, whatever that may be. So, um, yeah, I, I got, I'm just very inspired about working with mothers and women. So that sort of expanded then to women in general, um, as these creative, beautiful, magnificent carriers of our future. (laughs) Oh, I love this. I love this so much. I think this is so special. 
So the training that goes into becoming a doula, what's that like? So it's, um, it's much less intensive than it is to become a midwife, which carry, you know, has the medical responsibility. And actually the truth is that, um, what's important about the doula is the presence. So if you can just be a, a, a strong supportive presence, you could be a doula for your friend. Um, so there's, but so there's different tiers of doing the training. So I did the training through Donut International, which is the longest standing doula training organization in the country. And it's a weekend workshop, a bunch of reading, um, case essays that you do, you do, um, that you write about the births that you go to, um, an exam. And it's a lot of independent study followed by basically an exam. So, um, and that's just to sort of take it to the next level because really, you know, there's studies that say just a smiling face with you in the birth room improves birth outcomes by some figure that's, you know, pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Do so. you happen, so I know very little about birth in general, just because I haven't really, I don't have many friends who have kids, to be honest. Um, yeah. I coach a lot of women who have children, but the actual birth process I know very little about. Um, and so I'm really interested, do you have any opinions on having a birth at home or having a birth in a tub or having a birth in a hospital because you've probably seen so many different situations and stories and results so what are your thoughts on that right so of course birth is something that we've been doing for since the dawn of time since the dawn of humanity Um, and the reality is that a um, healthy low-risk pregnancy and a healthy low-risk mother is going to have a low risk birth and most of the time birth goes easily the body our bodies know how this is done it's a very innate process and so oftentimes giving birth at home is a very viable option with a skilled trained midwife specifically um and so it's not only safe but in some ways it's actually better because what happens when you go into the hospital is Um, you get a sort of a fight or flight response because there's bright lights, there's people you don't know, there's strange sounds, you know, and, and there's a lot of movement and commotion and actually what the body does, human women's bodies are sort of like a deer in the sense that we, um, some, some mammals like deer can actually halt their birth if they're in, in danger and hold in the baby until they can get somewhere safe or until the danger passes. And so actually our bodies do the same thing. So we, if we get shocked by going into the hospital or somewhere very unfamiliar, your body can actually slow down labor and, and um, result in complications. So for a generally healthy woman, giving birth at home in the company of other women is the traditional and quite safe way and healthy way to give birth. And that's you know, it's not possible for everyone. As soon as there's any sort of risk, you want to be in the hospital so that they can take care of anything that comes up. But, um, yeah, that's, that's my opinion because also in the hospital, you know, a lot of interventions happen that unfortunately aren't necessary, but in this over-medicalized world that we're in, um, they call it the cascade of intervention, where as soon as one intervention happens, it leads to the next, it leads to the next until, it results in a cesarean section that wouldn't have necessarily been needed otherwise. So, and what do you mean by intervention? So, for example, if I mean if labor is progressing slowly, 
they'll give Pitocin, which Pitocin is the synthetic oxytocin. Oxytocin is the love and trust hormone. So it's the hormone that our bodies release to kickstart labor, to move labor along, to cause the uterus to contract and to push the baby out. And then when the baby's on your chest, it's what's responsible for the the love connection. Um, they've synthesized a chemical hormone that, to replace it called Pitocin that they can inject into to a vein. And that will cause contractions to happen, but they happen really, really rapidly. And so then they happen so rapidly, um, they're much more painful and your body can't quite catch up with, you know, it's like overdose of that hormone and other hormones haven't caught up to cope with the pain. And so then you're in like excruciating pain and then you're like, oh my God, give me an epidural, you know, so then you get an Mm. epidural and then because you have the epidural, you can't even feel the contractions. The contractions are getting really, really strong to where they're, the Pitocin can actually make it like compress the baby. And then they're like, oh no, the baby's heart rate is rising and the baby's not well. And so we got to get this baby out. We're going to have a cesarean section, you know? Right. So like, so it's, I mean, and that's an oversimplified version, but that's an example of how like one little thing leads to the next. One little, oh yeah, like a domino effect. Gotcha. Wow. Yeah. I love the idea of having, if I was ever to have children, to have children or to have a child in the company of women. I love that you said that. And it reminds me of the book, The Red Tent. I'm sure you've read that. Absolutely. Oh, it's so good. Definitely. It's really a sacred, it's a sacred bond that women share and it's really interesting that um, at a certain point, the, the role of, of supporting the birth of babies was handed over to men, like OBGYN, and a lot changed when that happened. For example, it wasn't traditional and it's not natural for women to give birth on their backs. It actually creates like a ridge for the baby to come up and over, like over your occipital bone. And so, and it's like working against gravity, but the reason they did that was because the largely, I mean, almost entirely male OBGYNs were like, well, this is the position that I'd like to sit in in order to receive the baby. What? So, yeah. So so this is how we're going to do it now. And that's not how it's been traditionally done in this like ancient and sacred circle of women, you know, lineage of supporting one another in birth. So, so the, the ancient position, I'm just guessing here, it's on your knees, right? Hands and knees. Hands and knees, yeah. Um, Squatting. is a really good one. Even on your side, I've seen, you know, because a lot of women can be very tired by the end of, you know, labor when they're actually pushing the baby out. And so, you know, squatting is a pretty labor-intensive position. So a lot of women will be on their sides, um, but certainly not lying on your back. Oh, wow. (laughs) Gravity. It's so fascinating. Okay, so before we move into talking about the steaming, um, I want to ask you just for anyone who is listening to this and is like, okay, well, I'm pregnant and I thought I was going to go into a hospital, but now I'm considering something else. Where do people go when they want to find a midwife and they want to find a doula? Right. Well, so, yeah, and I want to definitely honor anyone who feels like they want to give birth in a hospital because certainly there's more opportunity for um, support in case of an emergency. And I totally understand why people do that. And there's no shame in that at all. Um, you can also give birth with a midwife in the hospital. So there's um, certified nurse midwives who work in the hospital and they work under the supervision of the OBGYNs, but they do have a bit more of a gentle model of care um, and are usually women. And so that's sort of a nice middle ground. Um, and there are birth tubs in some hospitals. Um, 
that you either can or don't have to give birth in the tub. Um, and so, and then there's another middle ground, which is a birth center. So here in Boulder, we have the birth center of Boulder and they have these beautifully equipped rooms and they have, um, and they're just like beautifully decorated, but they have a lot of the same, um, interventions that might be available at a hospital, um, more so than you might have at home. Um, and they're just, they're, you know, people are often times more comfortable in the birth center with midwives and that um, scene. And then the next option is to have a home birth midwife and that's called um, a certified professional midwife, which is CPM. And so if you wanted to have a home birth, you would search for CPM or certified professional midwife in your community. And um, most likely a list would come up. That being said, not all states um, have legally practicing CPMs. And so it's an, unfortunately home birth isn't an option in some states in the U.S. So if that's the case, hopefully you can get in with a nurse midwifery practice in the hospital. Awesome. Okay, cool. Or just come to Boulder and come to this yeah. super special birth center. That <laughs> sounds great. Oh, I just want to go check it out. I, don't, I just yeah. want to go see it. It's so amazing. The women there have just like set up such a beautiful space. Oh, <laughs> amazing. I'm excited. I have to check this out. Okay, cool. So Yoni steaming. What is Yoni steaming? And where the <laughs> heck did this come from? Because as far as I know, like I heard about this, I heard about this probably five or six months ago. And then mm-hmm. it was my first time to hear of it. And I was like, what is this new trend? What's this new thing? Um, apparently it's not new at all. It's been, it's been around for a long time. I don't know why I'm just now hearing about it. Maybe it's just now becoming more well-known. Um, but I would love to hear about what it is and where did it come from? Yes. So I love that we started out talking about midwives and doulas because actually um, yoni steaming is a traditional midwifery practice that comes from Maya land. So um, southern Mexico, Guatemala, Belize area primarily. Um, that's the lineage that I specifically learned it from. Um, and so it's definitely used for fertility purposes, but actually most traditionally for postpartum. So Mayan midwives would use it for women um, who had just given birth in the, in the following days to help heal and tighten and tone back up the entire reproductive system. Um, and so what it is, is it's a practice where you allow medicinal herbal steam to gently permeate the, the, the skin of the exterior of your vagina. And so what this does is it's, it's basically that tissue is very, very porous and the medicinal oils from the herbs, you'll create an herbal blend, the medicinal oils from the herbs are carried through the steam, um, which softens and opens those pores into your circulatory system, or it may be something a bit more subtle. It carry, it's carried through more subtle channels into the reproductive tract. And what it ends up doing is it has all sorts of physical, emotional, and spiritual benefits, actually. Probably the most tangible of which is, um, well, one, like I said, the, the postpartum aspect of it, but there's also the aspect of a lot, so many, like 80% of women experience menstrual cramps, right? And yoni steaming makes a huge difference for women who experience menstrual cramps or any sort of um, abnormalities like uh, um, intermittent periods, you know, or like absence of periods or really heavy periods or anything like that. Yoni steaming even just a few times can make a huge difference. And I can tell you more about all the reasons why it does that um, in a minute. But 
in addition, it can support with even bacterial and yeast infections. It can support with endometriosis and uterine fibroids. Um, and fertility is a huge one as well because it really helps cleanse out the uterus so that the egg can attach. So the idea is really the reason why it works is because it is um, supporting the uterus to do what it would already do um, to cleanse itself. And this isn't to say, oh, our bodies, you know, don't know how to cleanse themselves or it's, you know, not to say that we're not functioning correctly on our own, but we have evolved, you know, for millennia alongside plant medicine. And so it's an opportunity for us to reconnect with how we can use these gifts from the earth to actually support our, our bodies to do what they naturally do. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. So on the, um, you have this guide that you sent me over, like the Yoni steaming guide. And one of the things that you have in the guide, you wrote that Yoni steaming provides access to feminine energy that gives rise to our vibrant radiance and creative potential. So this creative potential really stuck out to me. How does, how do these herbs and this process contribute to our creative potential? Right. Um, so glad that you picked up on that because while so many people are drawn to it for the physical benefits, I actually am so excited about these more, you know, subtle or experiential sort of emotional benefits. Um, and the truth is that the, a woman's vagina and womb are literally directly connected to our brain and the creative center in our brain. There's literally a nerve called the pudendal nerve that, that ends in our vagina and goes to our brain and creativity. Yeah. So there's, there's an incredible book called vagina, a new biography by Naomi Wolf that I highly recommend everyone read because it really talks specifically about the, really the, the physiology of this and, um, how women, when we are supporting this powerful creative center in our womb, we're actually able to access higher levels of creativity, like physically. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's like a direct response. Um, and there's actually in that book all these really cool case studies where they talk about uh, women who, throughout history, for example, Georgia O'Keeffe, who they compared her diary to her, you know, her work, her set of paintings and noticed when she was having good sex, what happened with her painting mm. because actually being stimulated and supported in that region of her body in her Yoni. Um, yoni, by the way, is a Sanskrit word that I like to use because it encompasses all of the reproductive system. So it's not just the vagina. It's not just the womb. It's not just the clitoris. It's actually the entire thing. And, um, it's a Sanskrit word that, that relates the center of creation as well. So it makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This reminds me of this quote that I, I read somewhere in some book. It says that women birth through the yoni and the mouth. Like we, mm -hmm. we, we can, we have birth, whether we're doing it through our words or we're speaking or it's conversation or it's relating or we're birthing through our yoni, whether it's, yes giving birth to actual life or like what we're talking about right now, creativity, it's, it comes out of us in multiple ways. And, um, I love that you provided an actual scientific way that there's something in our brain that's connected all the way down into our yoni. I had no idea because the way I speak about this is 
I understand that when we have gone through trauma, unhealed trauma, or being raised in the society, just being a woman, there's so many stories, there's so many limiting beliefs, there's so many struggles that we experience around our sexuality. Shame, for example, I've talked about this many times on the podcast, but I was raised in a very conservative Christian household. And in my household, there was a lot, a lot of sexual shame. Just it was either not talked about at all or it was um, very slide remarks that I would hear from my father or the men in my family, things that created stories in my head that me having this feminine body was wrong or it was shameful or it needed to be hidden. And of course, it was not malicious and it was not on purpose. It's just what they knew and what they were taught. It's just been passed down. And I so fortunately live in a time where we are we are healing all of this we are healing it we are working on it we are speaking about it and if one still has these stories and these traumas that are locked deep within our yonis that's also going to affect our voice and our throat chakra and our truth and how we speak because our authenticity high five our authenticity yeah being a woman (laughs) and stepping into our voice we also have to step into our sexuality absolutely you are hitting the nail right on the head (laughs) yeah um and and one of the cool things about yoni steaming is i've actually met several women who use the Yoni Steam blend that I created to work women through trauma. It actually supports with the release of trauma because the action is one of release and it's one of softening. And so it's really been a powerful practice, I think, for several women or, I mean, thousands of women who have experienced any sort of emotional or physical trauma to their yoni to actually be able to work mm-hmm. through that. So, and even just by calling that gentle attention to that area of our body that so many women have actually cut off connection to, like we're not, you know, we're not even, there's a numbness, both a emotional and a physical numbness in the vagina because of trauma, whether it's in this lifetime or it's inherited through generations. And so just by the simple act of um, calling attention to it and allowing, I mean, it feels good. The, the steam is so gentle and so sweet that it actually feels really good. And it's such an enjoyable, um, non-sexual way to connect with that part of our bodies. So I have, I have two questions I want to lead into. The first one is, can you explain the process of the ritual? How do we, how, do, how does someone have a yoni steam? What does that look like? And mm-hmm. then also I, want, I would like to know what are some of the herbs that you use inside of these steams? Definitely, yep. Um, right, so what you would do is you would take about a heaping cup of dried herbs and some of the herbs that I use specifically are um, mugwort, rosemary, yarrow, motherwort, lavender, calendula, rose petals. Um, and those herbs, a lot of them are amenagogues. So what that does is it helps the body to, um, or the uterus to shed its lining. It sort of inspires uh, menstruation. There's also they also fight infection with um, antimicrobial properties. They're also toning, so they can do have a tightening action. They're also softening. Um, and then like calendula, I love because it just brings brightness, um, which is just a beautiful thing to bring to that part of our body. It's also very healing as well for the skin. Can we? Can I pause real quickly? I shouldn't. I shouldn't cut you off right here because we're getting into something good. But I have to know. Um, so I've talked about this a few times to on my Instagram or whatever. And I, I used to get. Um, I used to get honey waxes. Oh yeah. 
And something happened where I got like an infection of some sort, just folliculitis, I think is what it's called. Yeah. Basically just ingrown hair. So nothing, nothing big, but, um, enough for me to get really agitated. And I can, I was told consistently keep getting your honey waxes and it'll get better, but it really just got worse because I kept reopening these pores. And so I was curious, would steaming help something like this help the skin? Because I've used, I went to the dermatologist and I got like this really harsh, um, chemical to help with the with the follicles just to seal up and the ingrowns to go away but I was curious with something like this that's much more gentle help with healing that skin right um so there is a little bit of a um two schools of thought on that um on one hand there are these healing and antimicrobial and therefore anti-infection herbs in the blend um, and in that sense, it would be a good thing to use. However, it's it could be argued that adding heat and steam to an already inflamed or open wound wouldn't be a great idea. Mm. And so I tend toward, I generally try to tend toward the like safety first, you know, so I wouldn't actually recommend you know, any steaming for any sort of open wound or any sort of like infection other than a yeast infection or, or like a bacterial vaginosis infection. That's I mean, the same um, schools of thought apply, but in that case, I'm like, I think you should try the herbs. With an open wound, I would say don't try a yoni steam. What I would do there is use a salve. You know, it's like a beeswax and an oil salve that has herbal. You could literally put some of these same herbs in there, but definitely calendula because calendula is so healing. It really helps repair the skin. So like a calendula salve, rub that on those spots, and I think that that would be the better choice. Oh, cool. Great. <laughs> because when I, when I shared that with my tribe a few months ago, I had a lot of people be like, Oh my God, this happens to me too. Because so many of us women are shaving or waxing or just trying to get all that hair gone. And the way yeah. that I'm going now is just whatever, let it, let it grow. Like just be natural. Cause it's working for me right now. And I don't know if it always will, but, um, yeah, I just thought that would be really interesting to talk about and yeah. hear your perspective on. Okay. You can continue. Okay, <laughs> continue with the process. The process. So, so you take about a heaping cup of these herbs and you would boil them in hot water with the lid on so that all those great medicinal oils can't escape. Boil them for, or like simmer them on low for about five minutes, five to 10 minutes. And then you want to take those off of the stove and let them cool with the lid on for about five minutes. And then you want to set up your area for steaming. And so this is, um, or your yoni steam seat, we'll call it. So one of the most simple ways that I have envisioned for doing this is to set two dining room table chairs side by side about six inches apart and then you would place if the if the chairs have bottom rungs you could place a cutting board on those bottom rungs and then you're going to set your yoni steam herbs there um and then you want to have a bunch of blankets that you can wrap all the way around yourself and the chairs to keep the steam in um, so what you'll do is you'll take the, the hot herbs from the stove that are in the, in a pot and you'll pour them into a glass or stainless steel bowl. And I should say the amount of water is about two quarts. Um, and so you'll pour that water into the, the stainless steel bowl or glass bowl, and you'll put that on your cutting board. That's right between your two chairs that are sitting next to each other. And then you'll sit, eat one butt cheek on each seat. And then, or on, yep, and then they'll be about six inches apart, so you're creating sort of an opening. And then you'll wrap blankets all the way around you and the chairs so that you can keep that steam in, like I said. 
Another option is to put a stainless steel bowl into a clean toilet. Um, just make sure it's stainless steel because I have heard of glass bowls breaking. <laughs> um, you could also cut a hole into a lawn chair or something like that that's big enough for your your um, the, all the skin of your vagina to come through. Maybe like six inches across, like um, diameter. Um, and then, or I'll actually sell a Yoni steam seat. And the best part about this is that my dad created it and he actually hand makes them here in Colorado. I just um, and, got and goosebumps. <laughs> That's the yeah, it's a family affair. Oh my God. Like, I just want to pause and honor that man because that is so beautiful. Like that just gives, yeah. oh my God. Okay. He's, he's wonderful. And he actually, he's sort of jokingly, but very lovingly says, let no Yoni go unsteamed. That's what my oh, dad Oh, he's so cute. Yeah, it's wonderful. So he's created, and what we have, the way, the system that we designed is to take, we have this oval shaped seat that really is just a seat. So it has an oval shape with an oval shape cut out. And then it has three little knobs on the bottom. And what um, you do with that is you set it over a huge stainless steel pot or a five-gallon bucket that's like food-grade BPA-free. Um, and then you would put your stainless steel or glass bowl down into the bucket and set the seat on top. And what I really love about this is that um, the steam stays very enclosed in there. So, um, um, you know, you definitely want to let your herbs cool, your your water and herbs cool for a little while because it can get pretty hot. Um, but it keeps it more focused, Right. Um, and the other great thing about our seat that I think is unique is that because it doesn't have legs, it's much cheaper and more accessible for people to buy all over the country because it's cheaper to ship and it's, you know, less expensive to make as well. So it's a really good option. Um, and yep. So you, then you'll sit down and you'll just sit for about 25 to 30 minutes and allow that steam to permeate your body. Of course, move if it ever feels too hot. One of the main arguments that doctors use for, for, um, you know, bashing this ancient women's practice is that you're going to run the risk of burns. And we, I just like anything we can tell if we're about to be burned probably. So just move if it feels a little too hot, it's supposed to feel very gentle and warm um, and while you're sitting there wrapped in blankets, because the idea is to keep the heat in, you'll just do any sort of practice. And this is where part of that ritual comes in is where you can just, you can visualize, you know, a red light in your womb, sort of warming and clearing each aspect of it. Um, you could journal, you could stare at a candle flame. You could just sit there and breathe deeply into your low belly um, and just for about 25 minutes, 30 minutes. Um, by then, the herbs will have cooled down quite a bit. And then the idea is that you want to get up and just you know, clean up quickly or leave it if you can and go straight to bed and stay under the covers for at least an hour, if not the whole night. So it's great to do it at night um, because the folk wisdom is that it's, the herbs are going to continue to do their work on you and you need to be resting and warm for that process to take place. So... That's sort of the gist of it. And like, like you said, there's this, I have this Yoni Steam Ritual guide that we can make available to folks if they'd like to learn more. Mm. And I like, I like the sound of your, um, your seat, the way you do that, because it sounds very minimalistic. And it's not like this big stool that you have to carry around. It's just like the top part. Yeah. Okay, cool. I want to get one of those for sure after this. Um, yeah. So what else? Um, I'm, so I, I love the, I love the ritual you laid out. 
um, doing it at night, journaling or listening to to calm music, maybe saying your mantras, making it a very self-care-esque practice sounds very important. You want to have your nervous system be calm. Do you have any other practices, just you? I'm curious if you have practices throughout your week or throughout your morning that really contribute to you being gentle to yourself, self-care practices that are just musts that really work for you. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say, you know, I'm an Ayurvedic practitioner. And so I'm. what's really important for me is rising and and sleeping with the cycle of the sun. So I really try to get up with the sun. So right now I'm getting up at like 5.15 and that, and then going to bed. I mean, right now it's hilarious. I'm going to bed. It's like still light up. <laughs> it's like 9.15, 9.15. Um, but that is a really important ritual for me because it really connects me with the, with the cycles of our, our planet. And that feels deeply healing. Um, and, and it's pretty, it's simple, but it's, powerful Mm -hmm. and also drinking warm lemon honey water to kickstart my digestion in the morning and like hydrate all my cells it feels like a must it's just an absolute like I need 16 ounces of warm lemon or lime honey water in the morning to just like get things moving I love it it's like the thing and I also love baths I really really love taking baths and um, I actually also co-founded a company called Moon Bath that sells botanical bath products. And so we call them earth integrated bathing rituals. And the idea there is to use herbs um, as a bath tea so we can actually absorb all these medicinal properties of the herbs in through all of our skin, all of our pores um, through a bath. And what we've done is we've created uh blends that actually ayurvedically align with the different phases of the moon and so bathing is a huge thing for me and my tribe you mentioned your tribe is to to bathe with the cycles of the moon it just feels like another great way to not only connect with the daily rhythm of the cosmos but the actual monthly and and yearly rhythms so those are my those are my main rituals you are so cool you are just so, you're so interesting creating all of these awesome businesses left and right. And they're all so unique. Thank you. Can you give us a sneak peek on, on a certain herb that aligns with a certain phase of the moon? How do you know which herbs go with different phases of the moon? Right. Well, so I'll, I'll give you even just a simple one. Um, but so the idea is that with, let's see, let's see which one I want to give you actually, maybe I'll just tell you about a blend. Um, but so for example, uh, the new moon is a Vata time. So if you know, for all the, anyone who doesn't know about Ayurveda yet, um, Vata is ether and air. It's a combination of ether and air. And so the new moon is, no, it's, okay, so the, the qualities of Vata are sort of cold. They're a little bit erratic. It's dark. It's dry. Um, and so those are some of the qualities of the new moon. And so what we've done is we've created a blend that helps you um, leverage those qualities and actually sort of balance them at the same time. Um, and also the new moon is a time to go inward. So in a lot of us, um, especially women's circles who are doing a practice of you know aligning ourselves with the moon, a lot of us understand that the new moon is a time to go inward and sort of reflect and do some releasing. It's typically, typically the time of menstruation um, if we're in, in sync with the, with the moon. And so 
Lavender is a really beautiful herb that helps us go inward. Um, it's also soothing to vata. So it helps balance that vata energy of the moon and helps sort of calm that erratic energy. Um, and then we also put in our new moon blend, we put Tulsi in because Tulsi is also deeply calming and sort of inward for the nervous system, but it's slightly warming. So because the new moon is, is a sort of cold time, Ayurvedically speaking, um, the, the Tulsi help or holy basil helps warm it up a little bit. So it's both leveraging that energy of like going inward, but also balancing it by, by warming it up a little bit. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. So yummy. <laughs> I want those too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Before we go over the, to the divine deep dive round, is there anything else you want to share about being a doula, yoni steaming, sisterhood, anything at all? Oh my goodness. Um, Anything we didn't cover that you want to leave people to think about or not. If we feel like we completed it, then no worries at all. Nothing's jumping to mind right now, but I'll, we'll see what comes up. (laughs) Okay. And I will make sure that I have all the links to go check out the herbs and everything on the show notes for this episode. Everyone, this is episode 212. So if you are ready to try out your own Yoni steaming and you want to get all the juicy insights, go check out the show notes for this. Okay. Divine deep dive round time. What is one must read book? Oh, Vagina. (laughs) Vagina by Naomi Wolf. If you could be any person dead or alive for a full day, who would you want to be and why? What would you do? Actually, that's a better question. Who would you want to be and what would you do? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Um... Wow, my mind is going blank right now. (sighs) I'm not sure. (laughs) What edge are you on in life? Mm. The edge that I'm on in life is balancing work and play. (laughs) Um, It really feels like a a difficult... um, thing for me because I get really excited about working because work feels very purpose purposeful for me and feels very fun and fulfilling but it's um I have to remember to actually just get outside and and be with nature and be with my friends and just like not think not be thinking about creating all the time (laughs) I'm so there with you so especially right now I'm getting like I'm just like tired of always hustling in the best way like focusing hustling it's good and it has a time and a place but lately I've just been feeling so called to play play yeah all day yes totally so great listen to that call favorite meal right now Mm, my favorite meal right now is (laughs) so I love um just stir fried veggies with like just plain stir-fried veggies with basmati rice. And then I love to put different sauces on them. Like my favorite thing in the world is sauces. So I'll do one of my favorite sauces is miso, tahini, lemon juice, flax oil, some spices and warm water. And just like, just blend it all up real thin and drizzle it over my food. And that actually, from an Ayurvedic perspective, I should say is a bit heating. So during the summertime, adding a bunch of cilantro to cool it down um, with a little bit of sauerkraut on the side that's my favorite meal right now <laughs> oh my god can you cook me dinner yes that sounds so good let's do it <laughs> okay what's your favorite form of movement right now oh dance mm. absolutely dance I'm 
I was raised a dancer. I love dance. It's my, my, honestly, it feels like a connection to the divine and favorite way to just move every single body part and muscle. (laughs) Okay. Two more questions. What is your biggest guilty pleasure? Hmm. Ooh, what is my biggest guilty pleasure? I mean, is it cliche to say chocolate? Nah, I think that's okay. (laughs) Yeah, it's real, but at least I discovered Honey Mamas, which is sweetened with honey, so I'm like, I'm good. It's healthy. (laughs) Honey Mamas? I don't think I've ever had that. Oh, it's so good. It's in the refrigerated section um, at, like, natural grocers, and it is divinity. Oh, yeah. Okay. With spices. Digestible. Last – oh, okay. So good. Last question. Um, Where are you most likely to be found on a Saturday morning? Mm. Well, unfortunately, let's see. So I'm going through a transition moment right now in my life where I had been in like 40 hours a week worth of school studying to become an Ayurvedic practitioner, just graduated in um, May. And so I was working on the weekends. I was really just like deep diving. Like Saturday morning, I would wake up, get my tea and just like deep dive on vibrant souls and moon bath and all these great projects I'm working on. And now that I'm not going to be in school, I'm really hoping to create some new routine where I'm actually on a Saturday morning, like outside in the woods or like, I don't know, barbecuing. What do people do on Saturday morning? <laughs> Beautiful. I love it. Well, I always go to the farmer's market and I do acro there. So if you ever want to come, you're more than welcome to join. Great place to be. Yes. <laughs> well, Sierra, thank you so much for coming on the Mind Body Musings podcast. This is so juicy and so good. And I'm so excited for everyone to try yoning steaming. Me too. My pleasure. It's been so wonderful to be here and it's so great to have met you what serendipity thank you so much of course everyone like i said this is episode 212 if you want to get all the links for this just go head on over to the show notes you know what to do we'll see you guys next week What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.